0: Hey there. Thanks for joining us at Risen King Church for a weekly sermon podcast. We pray you meet God and know that you are loved today. Be sure to visit us at risenking.life to take all of your next steps and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Enjoy the message. I'm Martin Sanders. I've been a part of the team for the weekend. And I was it's my birthday and I wasn't supposed to speak. Uh, Ron got uh, sick yesterday, and I found out last night he probably wouldn't be here. And Rob, after the first service, flew off to do another thing. So I'm the responsible older brother (laughs) who takes care of them while they're off doing other things. So when it uh, came up that I was speaking, I turned to Rob and I go material here. I, I got a lot to work with. <laughs> but I thought, let's give them Jesus. And so one of the things I love to do is find those passages of Jesus where uh, we, they often get skipped over or we don't know exactly what to do with them, or sometimes they make us awkwardly uncomfortable. So I'm going to do one of those today, and you're Welcome. So in the next 28 minutes or so, I have no idea how long this is going to take. I just, I thought I'd put that out there for those of you that worry about the old guy and how long you might go. Now, Well, we'll have you done in good time. I want to talk to you about when Jesus deals with what appears to be impossible by simple human terms. We're going to look at Mark chapter 9 today. It goes like this. What do you do when your faith has to trust him for that which you have no way to take care of yourself? Those impossible situations, which are different than the ones that are just challenging or annoying that we go through in life. This is when you face one of those that you go, without an amazing work of God. Ah, there's nothing here. I mean, this one feels kind of hopeless. And so I want to take you one of those. So when your faith has to trust him for what you can't do for yourself, you've got to begin to identify, what actually am I feeling? What am I dealing with? What is this thing? And so you identify your own stuff so you can identify what it is about either Jesus alone or the Holy Trinity that is absolutely essential for you to get through this in any kind of healthy way. The principles of the kingdom, there are many of them. I'll just give you two as we start. You do what you can do and then you leave the rest to God and trust Him for it. Yesterday in one of the talks I gave, I said, look, I'm not cynical about prayer in any way. I promise. I mean, I'm kind of known to be one of those people who does that with lots of people globally. But sometimes I hear people like us, I hear people like us and their prayers, and honestly it takes everything in me to not go, God's not going to answer that one. Now that just feels mean. I'm I'm not mean. In my mind, I'm the nicest guy I know, Um, (laughs) at least one of them. But I'm listening and going you're asking God to do things and you're frustrated because he's not taking care of it because it's your responsibility. And if you can identify which is yours and which is his, oh, life and faith get so much easier. The other piece is I watch people just, I mean, we, we say struggle. It's way past that. They're wrestling with the biggest issues of life and loves and death but they're holding on themselves and I want to go up and put my arm around their shoulder and go, you're not going to get through this one by yourself. This is the one you've got to hand over or it's not going to go well for you. So we want to clarify those from this text this morning. Real wisdom is when you figure out which is yours and which is his and you stay close to those. Let's pick up the text this morning. Mark chapter nine, beginning in verse 14. When they came uh, to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law were arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder, and they ran to greet him. Now stop. I was fascinated when I listened to us Read the Bible, because the Bible, it's a very serious thing. And we often miss the picturesque aspect of it, the visualization, even the uniqueness of it. Now, picture this. They're out there. There's something really going on. They're, they're outside. And as they are outside, something is really happening. Is that, is that him? <laughs> Timing's great. If so, um, don't tell him you'll get back to him later. Just step out and take it, please. And so what Jesus was doing was so uniquely different. When the people saw what was happening, they actually ran to see it. And Jesus stepped in and said, so what are you arguing about? He's got to clarify. He's just come into the situation. And a man stepped forward and said, Teacher, I brought my son, who's possessed by a spirit, robbing him of a speech. The guy self-diagnosed. We'll pick up on that for just a minute. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, he gnashes at the teeth, and he becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, and they couldn't. Now let's just push pause. We know this. But when we are holding on sometimes by a thin line and we have hope that something, something's gonna happen. And when it doesn't, one of the first aspects of human nature is to blame somebody else. It's not a new thing. I think it's gotten worse in the last few years, at least the crowds I run in. But we're we're going back to the days of Jesus. Happened them. Thought your disciples could help me. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Now, here's one of the things I love about this passage a number of things, but one of them the wide range of people who came to Jesus, all the way from the rich young ruler to the guy who, if, if a miracle didn't come, this was not going to go well in this family at all over the boy's life. It's the centurion who knows what authority is because he has authority in who he is, but he also has authority that he knows he's got to be under the authority of Jesus. And he comes and says, you're my only shot. Everybody who had wisdom in that era came to Jesus. There's a reason why you're here today. Because in those situations where you can't take care of it yourself, there's the power of God. This passage lets us know that quite well. Now, one of the things that I find so unique about reading Scripture, it's really hard to know the emotional tone. Emotional tone's hard to pick up. I've listened to speakers um, and they'll go after a passage and go, I'm not sure that's the tone of this. You're being harsh. I think this is a sensitive aspect here. This one's pretty clear. So Jesus says to them, oh, unbelieving generation. Not when he says it, you can picture the face. Come on. Oh, unbelieving generation. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Two things you never want to hear from Jesus. (laughs) How long do I have to put up with you? (laughs) So he says, bring me the boy. Just bring me the boy. And so they brought him. And the dark spirit did what dark spirits do. When the spirit saw Jesus, immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Now, for those of you who feel like you wish your family was slightly different, Uh, Just thank God this isn't what you're dealing with. At the end of services before, I've had well-intentioned parents come up and go, our 16-year-old doesn't come out of his room enough. It's really messy. He plays video games forever. And I go, go read Mark 9. (laughs) A couple of shifts. Your son will probably be a pretty good chap someday. This kid didn't have a prayer in hell because he was invaded by the darkness of hell and they're not kind. They don't play fairly. So yeah, you wish, you wish things were different. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about those things you cannot do for yourself. Identify the presenting problem. This one's clear. Whenever you're dealing with whatever it is you're dealing with, we often self-diagnose. So this weekend there have been dozens of you who have come up to me and I'll say give me what you want in two sentences. There's just there's enough people. It's not I I don't lack compassion necessarily. It's just there's hundreds of people. We can't go 20 minutes. So give me this in two sentences, which is terribly difficult for most of us. And I said, okay, that's not what I'm going to pray for. Here's what I'm going to pray for. And as we do, it's very obvious. It was the right thing, but it wasn't what they asked for. And so one of the things is to go, if you're going to come to Jesus for something significant, ask for the right one. Ask for the big one. Ask the one you can't take care of yourself or without his power. You you don't have much of a shot. This was an epileptic boy. Violent seizures. He was uh, mute. Later, Jesus will take care of the deaf thing as well. He foams at the mouth, nishes his teeth, becomes rigid, throws him into the fire or the water. This is not classic epilepsy because it's out to destroy him the fire and the water let us know that and so Jesus asked the boy's father it's a good thing to ask how long has he been like this from childhood and you can you picture the face of the father it's like the first ray of hope he's had because he knew that Jesus knew from childhood. It's often thrown him into the fire, the water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity upon us and help us. I wish I was there to see Jesus' response facially. This guy knew Jesus was his only prayer, his only shot. And he says to Jesus, if you can do anything, if you can do anything, there should be a movie with De Niro. <laughs> so when the, when the father says this, De Niro goes, you, you talking to me? <laughs> you talking to me? If I can do anything, mate, you know I'm the only one. I'm the only shot you got. Yeah, I can do something. I can. Watch. Watch. Uh, When Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit, and he said, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you to come out and never to go into him again. He broke the ground wasn't just an immediate relief for the day. He broke the rights of the power and the kingdom of darkness so nothing could come back in that boy. He not only took care of it in a moment, he took care of it. And so the spirit did what dark spirits do. It shrieked, it convulsed him violently, and it came out. And the boy looked so much like a corpse that people said, I think the boy's dead. Ah, uh, but Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he stood up. Picture the crowd. You can't speak. You can't speak. You have just seen what no one can do on their own. We will pray for you at the end of the service. We we got nothing. Ah, uh, but the power of God been at work all weekend. It's who he is and what he does. And we'll ask him one more time. I want to make this so clear. No one can miss it. You ready? No matter who you are. No matter what you have done. No matter what has happened to you. And no matter what you need. Let me do it one more time. No matter who you are. No matter what you've done. No matter what has happened to you. And no matter what you need. Here's what we know. Jesus knows. Jesus knows. And Jesus heals. And Jesus delivers. It's amazing. It's amazing that that's who he is. It's what he does. Now, just... One of the great things about being here, uh, we changed the name, by the way. I don't think we told you. It's just called The King. Yeah, we shortened it. It's easier. We don't have to say risen king. It's just The King. So welcome to The King. Welcome. Welcome to The King. Many, many places when we preach passages like this or teach passages like this, it's almost like a newspaper report. This is who Jesus was, and this is what Jesus did. And then somewhere along the line, we try to make some sort of application. No, 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 no. Let's get this one clear. This is who Jesus is, and this is what Jesus does. Amen. It's here and now, not there, there and then, It's here and now. This is who Jesus is. And this is what Jesus does. Jesus delivers. Let's make this so clear. He identifies the issue. He identifies the need. Sometimes your self-diagnosis is right. Sometimes it's slightly off. Sometimes what you feel you need and what you actually need are two different things. Because sometimes we just want relief for what we don't like about our existence. And he's going, yeah, I don't like it either. You take care of that. I'll take you this part, you can't take care of. Long before we did soul care things and all the other stuff, I started a long time ago as a young pastor in Chicago. We were seeing uh, pretty good uh, growth and development. We were seeing people come to Christ every week. And we just figured out, we had a good discipleship approach in place, but we just figured out these people needed a lot. And I started to go, they, they need a complete life confession. They need some sort of healing prayer. I mean, this confession thing, we, we were having people come in and go, pretty sure I've murdered people. What do you mean pretty sure? Well, I was drive-bys. We're not sure. They weren't reported. So we, we weren't getting nice people. We we, were getting people who were desperate for life change. And they were coming. It was quite fascinating. They needed, I said, these people need seven things. Who knows, they may need chiropractic adjustment too. I don't know. They need everything to make them new. So I thought, I'm going to try something. I'm going to set aside two hours and walk them through their life. We'll break it up into... Here's like, you know, birth to five. Here's your elementary school. Here's middle school, junior high, high school, young adulthood and adulthood. And we'll just ask the spirit to come and walk them through and point out anything. Anything that from his perspective he wants to address. This thing worked, started to do with, with a small group of people, then larger group of people and more. Largest group I've ever done is 3,500 at a time. Uh, you can clean up a lot fast, but you hear odd things back in those regions. We no, sometimes don't even know what they are till afterwards. But here's the most common response and why I'm telling you this. People said, I was really surprised with what came up and what didn't come up. And they would go, the things that the Spirit brought up, I I wouldn't have actually thought of it. No. I said, I know, because you're used to you. And the things that annoy you about you, he didn't bring up. They're not his. They're annoying, and it's you. You're annoying. You take care of that. It's your job. Leave with him the things you can't take care of that only God can take care of. And Jesus delivers. It's what the passage tells us. So he discerns what's needed. He deals with you personally and respectfully. One of the great things I so love about God, he's such a gentleman. Come on. Has he treated you the way you've deserved? No. He never wants to expose you, humiliate you, embarrass you. So notice Jesus learned this from the Father. They were in this together. So the crowd was running. This was an embarrassing situation for a family. Just awkward. So notice what the text says. Jesus dealt with it immediately. This wasn't a show. The people didn't need to see this. It was the power of Jesus to change their life. And he delivers. My wife Diana passed away now nine years ago. You don't expect that in your 50s. You just don't. You don't plan on it accordingly. So it was a rare neurological disorder. Couldn't get it diagnosed. And so she required a lot of care. And because of what she had, lost ability to communicate and other things, it was just necessary for me to be a primary caregiver for a long, long time. When I was, after she'd passed... It was interesting to me to say, um, I don't know when I can go back to speaking. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if it'll work. And after a couple of months, I contacted a, just a couple of friends and go, Hey, look, if you've got an empty spot, invite me. I don't know. If, I don't know. I'll probably, I may just cry my way through it. I don't know. Um, it may not work. I have no idea. But if you want to take a shot, we've been friends. Bring me in. And so they did. <laughs> and in the first seven that I did, somewhere towards the end of the service, sometimes while I was speaking, there would be a loud demonic manifestation. And these these were in places where that didn't happen. I mean, we're talking Presbyterian and Anglican <laughs> kinds of churches. I mean, they're looking around. And I thought, huh. I wonder if I'm the new, like, regional exorcist. Um, not, not a role I was hoping for. Know how to do it. It's not fun to do. The outcome's are really good. But here's what I found really interesting. There were three of those where it was an epileptic seizure. Everybody was nervous because of the timing and where it was. And so I would just go back. I would just say to people, relax. You've read the Gospels. Jesus knows what he's doing. Not nervous. He has a good track record. We can take care of this. And three times, knelt down beside the person, stood up and said, call 911. We've got a medical emergency here. You could easily tell the difference. Now, the timing was odd. But the credibility began to go up because everything wasn't treated the same. We distinguish between those things that only God can take care of and those things that are medical. And there's a big difference. And so Jesus, ah, he knows and he delivers. Let's wrap this passage up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we take care of this one? Come on, we've done it before. They were kind of fascinated and excited. When they had authority and power, they'd never seen us fishermen. Why couldn't we do this? One? He said, this kind of only come out by prayer. Now, another gospel reports it as prayer and fasting. But notice Jesus told him this, but he neither prayed nor fasted. Didn't need to. He had authority. We do too. It's just we don't have the same level at the same time. Those of us who do this kind of thing talk about what it's like when the authority is uh, strong and present and how well it goes. And then other times, it's more challenging because of the audience we're working with. So we've got to ask, why wasn't this one working? Disciples said, why couldn't we drive this one out? Because this one only comes out like this way. But everything's possible to those who believe. I want to go back to that. You remember after the father said, if you can help me, and then he said, Lord, I want to believe. Help my unbelief. You've heard that one. Uh, Women, I'm going to just, I'm not going to talk to you right now. We'll deal with You'll get included. This is just a guy thing. I can't tell you how many, we're talking somewhere between one and 2,000 men have said to me, Martin, that's my verse. That's like, that's my life verse. That's my verse. Um, Lord, I want to believe, help my unbelief. And so I listen to him and go, I want to be gracious. And I go, how long have you been at this faith thing? you know, five, 10, 20 years ago, okay. And this is still your approach? Like, come on. That's good early on. I mean, this guy was in a panic situation. This whole thing was new. Jesus on the scene was a new thing. And it was appropriate for him to say, Lord, I believe, now help my unbelief. But if you've been at this this long and you're still stuck there, come on, it's time to upgrade. (laughs) It's time for a serious upgrade to go. I don't want to be one of those guys who just always go, you know, I want to, I wish I could, I kind of do. No. This is where, under the authority of Christ, you step into the arena and you actually deliver. It's a whole different realm. It's a whole different world. I love to watch men do this. And honestly, so does your Father in heaven. So let's talk about why this is called faith. If we're going to translate faith into the 21st century, especially 2023 to 2025, I think we want to call it active trust. Not wish, not hope. It's not passive. But it's when we understand how to actively, actively trust him for that part of your existence you can't deal with yourself. And you contend for what seems to be impossible. Let's wrap this up. One more time. One more time. No matter who you are, No matter what you have done. Oh, that's a big one. No matter what you've done. One more time. No matter what you've done. No matter what has happened to you. And no matter what you need. Jesus knows. Jesus heals. And Jesus delivers.